Today's program is brought to you by Brooklyn Slate. BrooklynSlate.com for more. Hey, 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 I'm Jimmy Carboni from Beer Sessions Radio. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit HeritageRadioNetwork.org for thousands more. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Sharp and Hot. I am your host, Chef Emily Peterson, coming to you live from Roberta's Pizza in Bushwick, Brooklyn. There's confusion about whether or not this is episode 71 or 72. <laughs> we will work that out. It's getting Join- up there. <laughs> Joining me in the studio is Anne. Hello. Hi, Anne. Hi. Um, out in Roberta's Pizza through the window. Oh, they're gone. Who had just been eating lunch was Dave Arnold. They hosted their 200th episode of wow. Food... Cooking issues. Yeah. I got his name right. Show right. That poor, <laughs> that poor man. Anyway, Anne, He's speaking of episodes, you hosted Sharp and Hot solo last week and I, I listened. did. I did. We had a ton of fun. We missed you, though. It was your... really good, though. Thanks. Thanks so much. We I have a lot to of tell fun. you. I, uh, so the vacation was, was really relaxing. It was very, very nice. But I learned a couple of things about myself. Okay. One is that um, I didn't realize... Hindsight being twenty twenty, duh. But I did not realize that San Juan was a major city. Okay, and All right. so while yeah, I was yeah. in a hotel, like a, re- it was a resort. Sure. I was also there were sirens and dogs oh. running around on roofs, which was really adorable. But it did not have the like Caribbean steel drum thing that I was craving. Interesting. So yeah. I, what I've learned about myself is not to put price as the very very first thing on my list, but <laughs> but put nature and then price. Right. Yeah. 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 You have to be able to. <laughs> Have a little bit of both. Mm-hmm. The other thing is, I have the capacity to start drinking fairly early in the morning on vacation when there's not a toddler involved, and we have like 48 hours to cram vacation in. Mm-hmm. And so at 1:30, um, I was I was not 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 drinking all day. <laughs> and Mark was like, "Are you going to call in?" I was like, "That'll be so funny." I know. I feel like we like we we were in communication, and then that dropped on. I was like, mm. I'm like. <laughs> is for the best I'm like maybe Emily should just be enjoying the vacation yeah, right now I didn't now. hear anything and then the next thing I knew it was like 2.34 and I was like oh whoops and you're like alright let me just hang so the listeners have the preserved idea that I am totally I together it. sober enjoying a natural vacation in the Caribbean there you it go. was not in the middle of the city and I was not drinking Corona at breakfast it's fine there you go so joining us today in the studio we have two guests and when I uh I did a summer touring the farmer's markets. Do I had a pop-up kitchen that came out of the trunk of my Chevy Cobalt, which mm-hmm. is, a, I used to call it my diet Corvette. It was right. a little teeny tiny car. But I would go around all the farmer's markets in Westchester County and teach people how to use ingredients. And often people would say, is this vegan? Is this vegetarian? And I would realize, oh, yeah. And I would ha- tag that recipe accidentally right. vegan or accidentally vegetarian. Okay. Because I am not vegan or vegetarian, although I encourage people to drink to drink god you see what happens <laughs> to eat meat in much more reasonable portions than the average american diet is and so i'm thrilled to join have be, joining us in the studio first laura theodore the jazzy vegetarian from create network hello yeah. how are you i'm well how are you great great so laura your show has tell us about first of all tell us about your reach tell us about your 
Audience, and who's who's tuning into the Jazzy Vegetarian every week? Well, we're Jazzy Vegetarian. We're in eighty-eight point seven five percent of all U.S. households, and wow. people watch us everywhere from three years old right on up to ninety-three years old. <laughs> I love that. And we're talking to everybody who's looking to add more plant-based foods into their weekly menu plan, whether you're an omnivore, a vegan, or a vegetarian. And uh, so we're talking to everybody. That's yeah. great. Yeah. And you have a series of books that are companions to the show, right? I do. I do. The first two books. The first is Jazzy Vegetarian. The second is Jazzy Vegetarian Classics. And we have a third one coming out this summer. And it's going to be called Vegan Ease. Making it easy for you to cook right. vegan. I love that. Especially in the summer. I, f- I find that it's much easier for me to eat vegetarian and vegan in the summertime when the produce is all at its height and the farmer's market is vibrant. Absolutely. Whereas the se- time of year, it's a little... Do you find that? Well, I guess if you can... If you know what you're doing, which you obviously If you know do. what you're doing, yeah. and even if you don't know what you're doing, the bottom line is this is what I say. When you walk into the supermarket, don't go through that produce department. Okay. When you look there, no matter what time of year it is, you're going to see a rainbow of colors. In the winter, you're going to see different things. Yes, there's going to be less of a selection if you're in the Northeast like we are. But still, stop, take a look, see what's there, try something new every week. Make sure to spend a little bit more time in the produce section rather than in the other sections of the grocery store. And it'll be a lot of fun to start cooking more veggies. It's true. And Absolutely. supermarkets funnel everybody right into the produce section, right? Like they every, do. every supermarket you go into, that's yes. the first thing you see. Yes. So there's there's it's there's one step to make it, it easier right there. It's purposely done that way. I don't know why, but uh, for me it works out. So which came first, the jazzy musical background or the culinary interest? Well, it's interesting you should say that. When I was three years old, I was on a stool making applesauce with my grandmother. We would pick the apples off the tree and uh, she would have me stirring the apples and we would grind them all up. And so that became my interest in cooking. My grandmother's last name was Cook, by the way, so (laughs) it's really meant to be. My grandmother and my mother were really great cooks. I've always had a great interest in cooking. And at the same age of three, I started uh, singing and dancing and knowing that I wanted to be an actor when I grew up. So um, professionally, of course, the acting, the singing, the musical came first. I was a child actor and that parlayed in into becoming a jazz and a rock singer and an off-Broadway performer and a film performer. And then I started cooking for my friends, my family. And, of course, I started cooking vegan because none of them were cooking vegan and started really realizing that there wasn't the kind of uh, culinary uh, guidance out there that I was looking for. So about 25 years ago, I started developing my own recipes, if I could speak. uh, (laughs) It's contagious. I apologize. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all your fault. (laughs) It's a trip to San Juan. I've been there. I understand. But um, really start to developing my my own style of cooking. And taking my grandmother's lasagna, making it vegan. My grandmother's pot de creme, making it vegan. My mother's Mm -hmm. stuffed peppers, making it vegan. And it's now become a culinary journey, and that's where I am. That's awesome. How do you make pot de creme vegan? Well, it's really easy. Actually, it's one of my most popular recipes, a chocolate pot de creme. And instead of the egg and the cream, you use tofu. Mm -hmm. And when you mix it with a really good quality dark chocolate, it completely masks the tofu. So you would never know that it's tofu. It's very, very simple to do. And you do it in the Vitamix and blend it all up. You can go online and get the recipe at jazzyvegetarian.com. But it's one of those things where if you're looking at tofu and you say, gee, I don't like tofu, we actually do like tofu if you try that recipe. I have that same experience with people who say they don't like sweet wine. I'm like, let me give you sweet wine (laughs) in the right context and I will change your mind, especially if I have to take a Diet Coke out of their hand to replace it with a Riesling. I hear you. I hear (laughs) you. So um, I want to give a well a question for you. I recently had, I asked because I had a 
a chocolate pot de creme mm-hmm. from my friend Glenn, who's a chef that I work with at uh-huh. Astor Center. He works at Organic Avenue in New York City. Uh-huh. I don't know if you're familiar. Shout out to Glenn. Um, <laughs> but he, they use um, avocado. Yes. And, they, and it was so yep. good. And the other thing is I only needed to have like two tablespoons. And exactly. I was satisfied. That's exactly it. I serve mine in a little um, espresso cup. Mm-hmm. And that's the best oh, way to have nice. it. Yeah. Mm. Um, that's actually the way my grandmother served it. And uh, so it, it's really all the recipes. That's how they're based. That's how they, they go. And the show's on the Create Network right now, even though we are a public television show, a PBS television show. But it's on the Create every Tuesday, every Thursday at 8 a.m. and 2 p.m. It's on WLIW at 21 every Sunday after Lydia's Kitchen at 2.30. That is an amazing slot. Yeah. yeah. Lydia, to introduce you. So <laughs> tell me, I'm going to ask you one more question because I know you're going to sing a song for us. I That will take us into the break. But I want to know... Um, Tell me a little bit more about your grandmother. My grandmother was fabulous, and she really loved to cook, and she loved to make big, beautiful meals for us. And I think that's really what inspires the Jazzy Vegetarian. Obviously, the jazz and the food. Think about it. Anywhere you go, you go into Roberta's right here that's uh, attached to this radio station. There's music in the background. doesn't matter what kind of food you're eating. There's always music and food together. That's how Jazzy and Vegetarian go together. But my grandmother always made food look beautiful. She made it smell beautiful. She presented it in a beautiful way. And that's... That has been my whole goal, my whole idea, is to make vegan plant-based food look fabulous, and then it tastes fabulous, and then you have a winner. And yeah, just the so confidence good. in the way you talk about it, it's really clear that you have achieved that. I'm really, I'm really excited for you. Well, thank you yeah, so much. This is cool. So one other question. I'm curious, as <clears throat> someone who's not shy about saying they want a career in television mm-hmm. someday, mm-hmm. Um, I'm curious, how, what's, what was your trajectory from I want to do this to being on the Create Network? It was about a 14-year journey. And um, we started doing pilots in 2005. We came up with the name in 2004. We actually premiered on the public television network and PBS network in 2011. It's a long journey, folks, but you just have to live for it. I've always loved television, being a child actor. So uh, it it takes a while, but we got there. And if you were to be starting out right now, Mm -hmm. would you pursue... um, YouTube fame, or would you still go the traditional television route? I would probably still go the traditional television route. I mean, we're starting to really, you know, get into all parts of media, but I absolutely love television, so um, it's always been a dream of mine, so I I would still be on television. I I could be on a TV set all the time. I will yeah. get people coffee. I will sweep the floor. I love it. I remember that when the floor needs sweeping yes, next please. season. Oh, what I really want is to be the talent, but I will come and sweep the floor for you. I'm right down the street in New Jersey. <laughs> okay, so um, Jack is going to cue up the music for us, and you're going to take us into our break. What's the name of the song? It's uh, I Don't Know Enough About You with the great Joe Beck, the late great Joe Beck, one of the greatest guitarists of all times. We did an album together about five years ago called mm-hmm. Golden Earrings. And this is a little piece from a cut from the from the CD and we'll be back after the break thank you thanks for having me I know a little bit about a lot of things but I don't know enough about you just when I think you're mine you draw a different line baby what can I do I'm a jack of all trades, I'm Mr. I'm none isn't it a shame, no, no Well, I'm so sure that you'd be good for me 
If you'd only play my game You know I went to school But I'm nobody's fool At least I know until I met you Well, I know a little bit About a whole lot of things But I don't know enough about you I know a little bit about biology Just a little bit about psychology I know a little bit about geology But I know an awful lot about food It's gotta be vegan An awful lot about food It's gotta be plant-based I know a lot about That was so awesome. And the break song here is called Lucky Dog by Odetta Hartman. Keep sitting on my doorstep And these are the habits that I can't understand My rational reflexes stupefy My super, superstitious control band. We're proud to count Brooklyn Slate as a business member of Heritage Radio Network. Brooklyn Slate Company is a collaborative effort from Brooklyn graphic designer Sean Tice and Parsons graduate student Christy Hedeka. After visiting Christie's family slate quarry in upstate New York in the spring of 2009, the two grabbed a few pieces for use as all-purpose boards back home in Brooklyn and began gifting pieces to friends. The response was so overwhelmingly positive that the two struck out to produce a line of slate products. We encourage you to visit brooklynslate.com to learn more. You can also get your own Brooklyn Slate care package by becoming a superfan member of Heritage Radio Network. Visit heritageradionetwork.org slash donate for more. Welcome back to Sharp and Hot, everyone. I am your host, Chef Emily Peterson, broadcasting to you live from Roberta's Pizza in Bushwick, Brooklyn. The Jazzy Vegetarian, folks. JazzyVegetarian.com. She was delightful, wasn't she, Anne? That, her voice was incredible. Really she, like, good. She broke it down. She broke it down. Yeah. Child star, transitioned into food media. Um, she said I could call her. 
I, I, I'm, sure. I'm like a little bit starstruck because she lives in New Jersey and I'm not. Okay, so let me introduce our guest, Sam. <laughs> Sorry, I'm, I'm like starstruck no, no, by no, both no, of my guests today. Sam Severins, beh- the brains behind uh, Buna Cafe, just opened as a brick and mortar in Bushwick, right? That's right. Okay, and you started out as a pop-up. That's right. And tell us the, about the life cycle of a Ethiopian pop-up restaurant and I'll let you start that story wherever you want to. Cool. Well, let me just start by saying I'm one of... One half of the brains of Buna okay. Cafe. Well, there are other brains involved <laughs> besides myself, and I want to like pay homage to those two. What are their names? Uh, I have two partners. One is his name is Liu, uh, and then uh, her chef Khadija. Um, she's the inspiration behind the food. She's an amazing chef. She never she she's grew up cooking for her family, and she was the only vegetarian in her family, and so she had to kind of fend for her own. Wow! And she yeah. just came. She's an artist. She made just amazing, amazing dishes. And awesome! Incredible. We're kind of basically the the wrapper around her her gift that's a good metaphor All I right. like that <laughs> um, but we started um, let's see we started four years ago actually I've been I've been in the neighborhood for ten years and um, we started four years ago I met Liu uh, we both I had some I had some experience working in Ethiopia I'm a graphic designer so I did uh, I worked with publishers over there oh, okay. and uh, I visited and I fell in love with the cuisine, the aesthetics uh, of the cuisine and how the cuisine worked really closely with the culture to make an overall dining experience. So let me ask you a question about the cuisine. As um, I, I have been eating food m- my whole life, as most people have, <laughs> and maybe with a more uh, you know, laser focus than most people, yeah. but I'm not all that familiar with Ethiopian cuisine. So what are some of the like touchstone things? Well, um, first of all, it's a very healthy lifestyle approach to eat every day. I, I <laughs> recommend you on that. It's, good. Um, it's, a, it's a very aesthetic food. Like, it's very much, it's, of course, it's finger food. And everything is a very, uh, well, for the, the basis for most well-known Ethiopian cuisine is the injera, which is a sourdough flatbread. Mm. Um, it's a spongy flatbread. It's super fun, especially if you're five years old. Yeah. Um, and then it's it's the base, it's the staple, and then you take uh, a variety of different stews and dishes, um, some meat, some vegetarian, and put it on top, and you use the bread as your utensil, and you so it's a scooping mechanism. You act like a, a bulldozer pretty much and go through it. Yeah. But everything my, is my like my kid would love that. Oh, Everything's yeah. bulldozer. So fun. Well, our restaurant, our restaurant <laughs> is like one year old. No. Learn to walk. Like our our hall, our, our main aisle down the restaurant, like on, on weekends, is like. One year old learned to walk like training camp. Like, <laughs> like there's like one train. little kid like hobbling down the down the aisle, and then like some father like almost tripping over him, like right, holding right, him on the right. side, making sure he doesn't fall over. So, so, had you been to Ethiopia before work called you there? Um, no, actually, I went. Uh, I went about five years ago to start a uh, organization to help people do uh, learn graphic design, okay, and become create a little freelance industry there. Um, Failed miserably, but I went to a lot of great parties and, uh, and <laughs> well, a lot of really good food. Well, you have to learn a lot from failure, right? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, yeah. as we can tell. Um, and so I came back with a, a bug to do something with that. So, uh, and then that was five years ago, and then, yeah, about four years I met Liu, and it's just been a gradual progression. We started by doing, uh, we actually started by doing dinner parties, like secret dinner parties, not too far from here, like mm-hmm. on the, uh, about a couple blocks away. Um, my friend graciously let us get her apartment once a month. And uh, make a restaurant out of it, and we would just go through Very like mailing cool. lists. And was that as like a testing ground for the concept, or was that just like, hey, this sounds like fun, let's try this? A little bit of both. Like we needed to do something, and we didn't really have resources at the time, and we right. didn't know what we wanted to do. So we're just like, 
pff, let's just throw parties, man. I don't know. <laughs> awesome. And did you charge people to come and eat? Yeah, it was uh, it was done through email lists, uh, and we would charge them uh, a fee, and we it would be like thirty people, and we oh, put wow. out tables. We built our own tables. We built our own everything. Um, we and then as part of the dinner, we would do. Uh, you know, a big part of our restaurant is coffee. Like, mm-hmm. it's Buna Cafe mm-hmm. means, right. Buna means coffee in, Ethi- in Amharic, in Ethiopian Amharic. And a big part of our um, aesthetic was to roast coffee and do the Ethiopian coffee ceremony as part of the experience. Oh, very cool. And even if you didn't drink coffee, just the experience of smelling the beans, hearing the sizzle of the roast, and watching it happen. It's a very elegant ceremony. Informal, but very elegant. Very like fly- We put flowers out and... The lady, the, the person that does it, is dressed in a sh- in a wool shawl from head to toe. Is this something you do every day? Uh, at the restaurant, uh, no, we don't do it every day. We do it four days a week. We do roast when we do make coffee. We roast it on our uh, on our stage, which is used for the coffee ceremony. So we, every, every every time you get coffee, it is hand roasted um, Ethiopian coffee. Wow, cool. Yeah, it's really fantastic. So you went from. Uh, dinner parties, secret dinner parties in people's houses, and then what was the transition? Was pop up next? That's a good question. It's been four years. Let me. <laughs> uh, yeah, dinner parties. Uh, yeah, we started doing pop ups. We started doing street fairs. We actually did block party, the Roberta's block party, mm-hmm. three years ago, oh, which cool. was an adventure. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, we we built a. That was actually fun. I forgot about that. That was actually a lot of fun. We built a hut. Like we had this like um, blueprints for this hut half hut that we were going to serve food out of so we put it to test at, at the block party and it stayed upright which is awesome but it also <laughs> it was also a torrential downpour that day uh it was like two or three years ago it was just it was nuts and so at some point it was like we were on some tropical island trying to save our, our hut from blowing away into the ocean we were just like <laughs> hanging on to beams hanging on to the the we had like a thatch roof for hanging on to that right, right. but That's it was cool we did we roasted coffee and like we did a little impromptu coffee ceremony up front and got a lot of followers from that uh, and then we started uh, we started doing pop-ups. Like, I would go to a bar, um, a lot of bars in the neighborhood, like Alaska, um, mm-hmm. Tradesman, the West. I'm nodding. I, li- I, live, I have a toddler <laughs> in New Jersey, but I, All right. I understand that young, hip people go to establishments Fun, nice in the evening and, and pro- you know, drink. And, yes, that yeah. sounds... I, I have a vague memory of what that life is like. That's cool. <laughs> I'm just, in, in case they were listening, I wanted to give props. Yeah, That's no, no, funny. no, absolutely. Um, but we, yeah, we would go in and uh, I would get chummy with the owners and we would we would work out a deal where they would take the drinks, we would take the food and just call it a night, you know. And so, and, and one big thing about doing these is that every time we would do an event, we would make sure like anybody that t- traced our food, we may make sure we hang on to them somehow, like mailing list, Facebook, whatever. Like we built our social media as hard as we could. Like nobody left without leaving some kind of information. That's really good. Yeah, and that helped, you know, I mean, it paid off at the end. I'm like, terrible at that. <laughs> terrible. I am too. It was <laughs> it was definitely a labor of perseverance. So then you go into brick and mortar world, which is brand new, right? That's right. So what is that? What are the pros and the pros and the better pros? Uh the pros and the better pros. The pros is that we actually we can stay in one place instead of having to move around all the time. And of course I mean, there's it's pretty much nothing but pros. Like, uh, you know, it's, it's a lot more lucrative, a lot more uh, profitable. Uh, See, I'm happy to hear that. I was I was wondering. That was sort of my next question. Was like, is the nomadicness of the pop up sort of we might or we might not do it? Well, I would say that there was a lot of fun in doing pop ups, and it's something we still do. And like, there is 
I wouldn't say there's any cons to having a restaurant, but like there is definitely like a thrill of doing a pop up, like going to a random space. Yeah, going to a space that's not that's a wholly different like, aesthetic from the space you were in before, and making it work in there. And so just like in the moment and having to just like really be present. It's like it's that's all it is. Exactly. <laughs> this, this is it. Do or die. Yeah. Exactly. It's so great. Before the break, I was I did cooking demonstrations at farmer's markets and I had a little kitchen that popped out of my the trunk of my car and I would literally make a miniature restaurant awesome. in a parking lot. That's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> and it was the thrill was incredible because like it could pour rain. It could, uh-huh. you know, it could right. be anything. And I, I really got a thrill out of doing it. Well, you know, I think I think a lot of people start as pop ups for the just for the sake of low overhead and to test out their craft. But if you really want to do it right, you'd like, yeah, like having that sense of like adventure, adventure and like, uh, ex- like willing to experiment and like how you serve your food and where you serve your food is paramount. And now that we're successful, I think we want to focus on that more like specific, like less so like, you know, just going anywhere and getting anybody, but actually focusing really, really close on curating like really specific events, you know? Inside the, your four walls? No, outside. Actually. Outside your yeah, four walls. Yeah, like in okay. the great outdoors or <laughs> on the beach or yeah. on top of a mountain, you know, whatever we can do. I mean, there's a lot of people that do that. They, they do like, they'll they'll bring in, I, I know a handful of people, they'll, they'll, they're dinner clubs and they'll they'll set up beautiful, elegant dinners in like the most random of natural scenarios on, on the side of a cliff, you know. Or Someone did it uh, across the span of the Brooklyn Bridge. Really? Once. Well, I, I went to graphic design school as well. Right. Uh, and I loved, I thought I was going to be a painter and that talk about failure. <laughs> oh man! So I fell in love with graphic design. You worked it out. It's okay. <laughs> but when I was uh, at SUNY Purchase, one of the it was happening kind of at the same time, and I was a little too young and like green to understand this is something I should be paying attention to. If I could go back in a time capsule, I would have remembered that person's name and the date, and mm-hmm. what, and I'm sure I could find it. But right. it really stuck in my head as a like because it was as a piece of performance art, but yeah. it was dinner across the span of the Brooklyn Bridge. That's really wow, cool. cool. You can probably Google that. Google. Let me write that down. Write internet, that, let me write that down with my pencil. The internet allows us to not have to remember much of anything. Oh, and I think I can blame that for the holes in my brain. I was much better at remembering things, and I didn't have the internet to lean on quite yeah. so much. Yeah, we used to have to, like, you know, like trivia used to be much more interesting. Can you remember yeah. phone numbers? Mm, yeah. Well, only of the people that, From your that I know, like previous cell phones. Everybody yeah. under 30 just zoned out completely. From <laughs> it's true. Yeah. I, I, teach, uh, I teach your college and they don't, they're, they look, there are things that I say and I'm reminded like, oh, I am twice, almost twice your age. Right? Okay. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> Everything in context. So, Sam, one other question that I have for you. Sure. You mentioned the epic failure, um, which I don't mean to bring up again, oh, but it's, it's, I feel like it's a, running, <clears throat> it's a running theme in any sort of adventurous entrepreneurial life. Like you're right. going to run into failure and can you define failure like is it the loss of money the loss of pride the loss of time failure can be anything um in my case it was just the wrong moment to do it i didn't i was mm. and i'm really actually in reality i went in just more to like scope it out get a sense of it and if it was gonna work if the if the vibe was right i was gonna do it so it wasn't like an epic failure it was just more <laughs> like eh, didn't quite work out um i wasn't like torn over you know and that's i guess that's the big thing is like people call it failures but really it's just you know it just didn't really work out and like and if you get something out of it if you get like experience and if you're able to make something out of it which i did then it's not a failure at all it's just a different way to tell the story. Maybe. It seems like um, resilience and faith, these are all like qualities that one should cultivate in themselves 
one of my I'm, I'm wondering I'm thinking a lot about this one of my students asked me this morning like what is it like to be freelance and it's like <laughs> well, <laughs> well you have to trust something greater than yourself <laughs> absolutely and forget about going to the doctor anytime yeah. soon yep yeah. the doctor the dentist yeah the vacation, yeah. yeah. Lot, Take care of yourself of with, with good food. Just be preventative. Hey, right? yeah. and then way to, way to, to bring it back around. Good job. Good job, man. <laughs> good job guys. So the restaurant is vegan, right? It's a vegan restaurant. Yeah. Okay, so we this is part two of our accidental vegan show on Sharp yeah. and which is very exciting. So, and that is derived directly from the Ethiopian tradition, correct? Yeah. So in Ethiopia, there's almost nobody in Ethiopia that's 100% vegan. Uh, I mean, there are, I'm sure. But like, it's not... It's not an established thing there but in the orthodox religion when um and it's orthodox christianity orthodox it's a very yeah it's a very uh unique version of orthodox christianity it's very old it's from like 300 ad it's, they say some people they say is one of the closest uh versions to original christianity back in the time of jesus that era um they uh when they fast uh, they go vegan. So, and they fast a lot. Like their their Ethiopian Lent is seven weeks long. We're in the middle of it right now. Wow. Um, and then usually during the week, I think on two days a week, they uh, they abstain from meat or alcohol, any kind of meat product or alcohol. So to get through those days, because other on on the other days they love their meat. They're voracious meat eaters. They have great, actually, have fantastic meat with meat right. culture. Um, they have to they make this vegan cuisine. And it's been, you know, centuries old, and so it's been crafted over time. And they make it to to emulate the flavor that they would get from eating meat. So it's not vegan in the sense of that we know it here at all? No. Not in the, like, lifestyle choice sort of way. It's based in the religious. On the religious, yeah, religious principles. There is something to that, though. There is, like, a... um, It's meant to be, like, a a time of, like, cleansing, you know... uh, uh, abstain like it's, it's meant to be a kind of like like looking inward cleansing suffering a little bit you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and there's something I guess when we when we took that approach for our restaurant we wanted to make it kind of a similar thing in that by you don't have to be a vegan to enjoy vegan food you can come in and eat vegan food and I'll just go ahead and say out on the air I am not a vegan <gasps> Okay. I'm gonna put that out there. I said I told everybody else. I might as well. High five, okay, now right, There we just, go. We got it. Like, <laughs> I had bacon this morning. I didn't good. want to sell your fingers. <laughs> You're so that funny. felt really good. Yeah. I'm, from, I'm from Texas. I mean, right? Yes. We're not allowed. All the so, Texas vegans are about to call your show. <laughs> we do what? exist. Yeah. You can um, text Chef Emily at sharpenhot.com. You can send yeah, your yeah, mail yeah. that way. No send your hate mail. <laughs> Sam Abuna, Ethiopia. Uh, so, what was I saying? Oh, so. The, yeah, the idea of, of doing a vegan restaurant and not being vegan, and not we we want everybody to like have the experience of enjoying vegan food uh, and not having to necessarily ascribe to a, a full lifestyle, but at least give yourself the opportunity to like pay attention to what you eat, um, pay attention to like how things can taste without the things that you're used to, and that hopefully that'll give you a better sense of how you eat in general, how you live your life, and how, like, even when you're eating meat, you're paying more attention to what the meat, the meat is and where it comes from and how it affects the environment. Absolutely. Speaking my language. Yeah. Word. Word Sam up. from Buna Cafe, thank you so much for coming on Sharp <laughs> Thanks, and Hot. Um, what's your website and your brick-and-mortar address? Okay, this is important. Uh, Buna, B-U-N-N-A, Ethiopia.net. Uh, brick-and-mortar is at 1084 Flushing in Bushwick uh, between 
Uh, it's next next to Flushing and Knickerbocker. What uh, L stop is that? That's right between the Morgan and the Jefferson. So I would say go to the Morgan. Which is right here, same as Roberta's. Awesome. Yeah, we're like a few blocks away. That well, sounds homies. great. I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna find my way there with my toddler. Sweet. Yeah, he'll love we it. We do brunch. Yeah, bring your toddler. We'll get him on early. You gotta awesome. get him. You gotta get him one day. I gotta say, he's he has been a very adventurous eater, and then he occasionally goes through days where he will refuse to eat anything but like hummus, which <laughs> is fine because it's not anything but pop tarts. You know, yeah. I feel like I've done an okay. This <laughs> right, right, right. Ketchup well, and oh. French fries. I will say that we're sandwiches. we're currently in a cheese it's. Okay. And they come in all different shapes. So, <laughs> it's like, ugh, anyway. <laughs> and again, congratulations on the show last week. Thank you so much for holding down the reins. Definitely. It was really, really good. And um, I'm excited that I that I have you on board with me. <laughs> Thanks so much. Who's we had a lot of fun. Do you remember who's on yeah, next week? Yeah, I do. We have um, Executive Chef Brian Alberg of the Red Lion Inn. Oh yeah, from mm-hmm. the Berkshires. Yeah, very excited. Yes, he's been doing. Speaking of pop up restaurants, he's mm. been doing a. I believe he's been doing a stint at Haven's Kitchen, where I have been a culinary instructor from time to time. Yes. So I'm very excited to come and talk to have him come in and talk as well. And let's see, do I have any other exciting news? Oh, yes, on Sunday at 1.30, I'm going to be moderating a debate oh, yeah. on a panel at the International Food and Restaurant Show. So exciting. I know, it's very, my headshot's on their website. Uh. I sent it to my dad. <laughs> like, look, I told you culinary school isn't a bad idea. Um, <laughs> it's awesome. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I'm moderating this debate panel between a restaurant owner and a restaurant critic. And so it'll be very exciting. Do you want to join us on that panel, Sam? Yeah. Should I bring like boxing gloves or sock and boppers? That, that's things? pretty much, that's yeah. a, essentially what I've been told I have to keep, you know. Yeah. I got to, I got to, got them sparred up and then I got to cool them off. Yeah, and totally. Then, do you want to come? Seriously? We'll, yeah. I'll, I'll hook sure, you up. Sure, why not? <laughs> I got nothing else to do. I don't know. I, we'll see. I'll send, I'll send an email and see what we can do. Um, oh, oh, yeah. No, you're going to be in the middle of brunch service. Wait, what, when is it? Sunday. What time? One thirty. Uh, I can, I mean... <laughs> They'll be all right. They can, uh, they can yeah, hang out for fine. a little while. That's how you know you're successful. You can yeah, walk, away, can walk from away from home. You can just leave home. It's yeah. like the kids will be fine. That takes some doing. Can I plug one more thing real quick? Totally, yeah. Uh, you were mentioning cooking classes. We actually do cooking classes. Uh, oh, that's one, very We just cool. started it up. We were doing it last year. We just started it up again. We're doing it once a month. We're doing our next one on Thursday at Fine and Raw, which you guys mm-hmm. know, right? Right, right down the street. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Chocolate Factory. Great people. Um, yeah, we learn how to make six dishes Learn Angera. We all sit down and have a dinner party afterwards. How fun! Yeah, that we get to know cool. each other. Yeah, so uh, if you go to the website, I hope. Yeah, well, it might buy in the next Google within it. an hour from now. If you go to the website, there will be a sign up. I, I'll let you use my laptop if you want to just sit and yeah, 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 yeah. right scour it out real yourself. fast. <laughs> it's the story of my life. Sam, yeah. thank you so much, and right, thanks, I will Emily. see you next week. Until then, everybody, keep playing with fire and knives. Thanks for listening to this program on heritageradionetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can email us with questions anytime at info at heritageradionetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a 501c3 nonprofit. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.